Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves his coffee cake muffins. His name is Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well, so I want everyone to listen to me. If you've never had a coffee cake muffin from Dunkin' Donuts, you're not living correctly. It's just a fact. I need everyone to go in their cars, go drive on over to Dunkin', and get yourself a coffee cake muffin, because those things are amazing. I know someone that shares the same, uh, that would agree with me on this statement, is of course our favorite contributor, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. And you're right, Brandon. Coffee cake muffins are, are phenomenal. I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised you like them a little bit because you don't like coffee at all. So I do not. Um, I'm a little, and, and you're picky. We know this. So I'm kind of surprised that you like the coffee cake muffin. But at the same time, I mean, they're really good. I, I'd be shocked if somebody didn't like it. I'd be, honestly, I'd, I'd be kind of personally offended if, like, for instance, if Trevor tried it yesterday and said he didn't like it. I don't think we'd be doing this podcast right now. No. Um, yeah, but, no. But it, it, I mean, Trevor. Hopefully, you you uh, you agree with our praise here of this of this coffee cake muffin. Yeah. So it was good, and also like it didn't even taste like coffee at all to me. Like it, I was. That's just, what like, I was about to say. It's literally like a cinnamon muffin. Yeah, that's like, true. It was, you know. Yeah. So it's a cinnamon sugar muffin. Yeah. There's there's almost no coffee taste in it. You you definitely get like a little hint of it, but not really. Like, yeah. Fair point. You know, I didn't notice it. Not that much coffee in there, but let's let's actually talk about some sports because you know we are a sports podcast. I don't know if the viewers want to hear about coffee cake muffins. However, I could talk about them for forty five minutes. But let's get right into it. First up, we have college basketball. We had um, a, a really great game. We had number one in the nation versus number three in the nation, Gonzaga versus Iowa. Um, and so, Trevor, I'm going to throw it over to you, our college basketball expert. I don't want to hear some stupid joke about how you're not our college basketball expert. For this podcast, you're a college basketball expert. Uh, so what were your thoughts on this game? Gonzaga winning by 11, pretty big margin. What do you think? Yeah, so this is, you know, this was the game of the week, obviously. We were looking forward to it, and we were, you know, hoping that it didn't get canceled like the Gonzaga-Baylor one did a couple weeks ago, and it did. did not get canceled. It was played. It was a very good game. Gonzaga mm-hmm. ended up uh, getting the win, 99-88, very high scoring. Um, and, and Gonzaga, again, I mean, just consistently – all, all year, they've looked so good. They really haven't had a game yet where they've looked bad. Like, they've looked good in essentially every game. I, I mean, yeah. maybe they have one game. Like, against West Virginia at times, maybe it was they were struggling to make some shots. But, like, also West Virginia, like, is known for their defense. So it's not really um, it's not really much of a critique. Gonzaga's just really good. Um, I think they're, they they got to be the best team right now. Um, and they they proved it against Iowa, who was ranked third, um, who has arguably, I mean, I think at this point, pretty clearly the best player. Uh, and Luca Garza, based on his numbers, I mean, he had 30 and 10 in this game. Um, very efficient again. On the season, Luca Garza, l- listen to this. This is what he is averaging so far to start the season. He's averaging 29.3 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game, and he's shooting about 70% from the field. That is is Jeez. insane. I mean, I, I can't think of a player, you know, in, in our lifetime at least, who has had better numbers than that. I mean, Durant had some good ones. We saw Trey Young a few seasons ago, but I don't think anyone has had numbers like Luca Garza has had so far to start the season. So that, I mean, that's, again, that's kind of what stands out to me. It's really just the same things over and over again. I mean, Gonzaga's great. Luca Garza's great. Uh, both these teams are really interesting. I think one thing that I saw, I think that was, I don't know, like, on what show this was talked about or where it was discussed, but I remember seeing, like, is Iowa style going to be good enough to go far in the NCAA tournament? I, I remember seeing that. And I think that, you know, it, it's so weird, like, this thing about styles. We, we talk about it in the NBA with, like, the Houston Rockets as well in past years. And 
and it's usually like I don't know for me I don't really love those types of arguments because I think Iowa can can do just as well in the NCAA tournament as as most other teams I mean yeah like they have some defensive issues um right in like you know some of their players especially in the backcourt like aren't the best defenders obviously giving up 99 Mm -hmm. points um but they're playing Gonzaga so like like that's that's what the issue is here they're playing Gonzaga if they're playing you know like a a Kansas or one of these other like solid teams like I think they would do just fine I think they would uh they're probably better than a team like a Kansas or I don't know like a Villanova like they can compete with those teams so I don't know I don't really buy into that I just think that Gonzaga right now is the best team and you know pretty much everyone else has to catch up. I think Baylor is the only one where you can argue that they might also be on their level. You know, Gonzaga really looks almost unstoppable. I don't really see a lot uh, that's going to be stopping them. And they had a really great non-conference schedule. They were supposed to play Baylor. Obviously, the game got canceled playing Iowa here. I can't remember all the other teams they've played, but I know they've played at least another team or two that was uh, at least ranked, I think. Uh, Ben, let's throw it to you to to end uh, talking about this game. What, What were some of your thoughts on this game? I mean, I'm just going to echo everything that you and Trevor just said, but Gonzaga's really good. I've said that before. I'll, I'll keep saying it. Um, I think, I mean, they, they handled Iowa pretty fairly. I mean, they were up almost 20 at one point. Obviously, Iowa made it – Iowa stayed in the game. They, they they refused to get blown out completely. I mean, they lost by 11, but it was a fairly close game throughout. And I think Iowa is fairly ranked the third-best team in the country because Iowa's really, really good, and Gonzaga was clearly the better team pretty much from start to finish in that game. Um, and uh, looking at the box score, like the biggest takeaway I have looking at the numbers is that, and we've known this, Gonzaga has so many different scores. They're so deep. They're so versatile. Obviously, Jalen Suggs is, is their is their star. He's their he's their big recruit. But they have so many other players. I mean, they had f- like five players that scored in double figures um, in this game. And Iowa had four players um, that scored in double figures in this game. So both these teams are really, really good. And like Trevor said, until Gonzaga, until somebody proves me wrong, I'm just going to keep saying that Gonzaga is the best team in this country. Um, it's a shame that they didn't play. Yeah, no. it, it's a shame that they didn't play Baylor. I, I think they're still. They want to play that game. I think they should play that game. It'd be amazing for the sport of college basketball. Um, and again, and, and until that until that game happens, or if it ever happens, I'm going to keep saying that Gonzaga is the best team in this country because it's kind of like and I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're as good as like the 2015 Kentucky team or even the the Duke team from a couple years ago with Zion and RJ and Cam. But like until they lose, I'm just going to basically say they're the best team. Until somebody beats them, I'm going to continue to say that they're the best team. And honestly, I don't know who's going to beat them. Like you said, Brand, they've played so many good teams this year, and they've been the better team in all those games. So obviously, there's it's basketball, so there's nights where you don't have you're not playing your best. Yeah. But I have a hard time seeing this team losing on paper to, to really anybody in the country at this point. Yeah, I 100% agree. So let's let's get over to a game, Trevor. I know you want to talk about West Virginia, Kansas, your Mountaineers going against the Jayhawks. Tell me about some of your thoughts on this game. I know you think West Virginia is going to win, so let's let's hear what you got to say. Yeah, so I've just been like looking at this game on my calendar, you know, for a few weeks now mm-hmm. because Kansas, you know, they always have a little bit of a bump because they're Kansas, and historically they've won so many Big Twelve championships. You know, and all the the ESPN analysts and everyone, they they love Kansas. They're ranked, they're always ranked in like the top five or top six. They're number five right now. Um, But yeah, I do think that West Virginia is probably the better team right now. I mean, we saw both of these teams play Gonzaga. Um, Gonzaga 
scored 102 points on Kansas. They beat them 102 to 90, so 12 point victory. They beat West Virginia in a closer victory by five points. Um, we also saw Kansas really struggle against a Kentucky team who actually now I believe is one in five, which is just insane that Kentucky is one in five. Um, they lost to, and Kentucky also lost to a Richmond team who last Sunday played West Virginia. And Richmond's a good team. They're, they're ranked 19th. Uh, their only loss is to West Virginia. And West Virginia in that game looked like unstoppable. They beat them by 16 mm-hmm. points, but really it, it probably should have been more of a blowout. Um, you know, and they kind of, Richmond got some garbage time points there. But West Virginia is a team where, you know, there's obviously we know, we've heard about like the press Virginia. It's, it's not as much... Um, that they do like the the press anymore. It's really just like a solid half court defense with two great mm-hmm. rim protectors and um, some other great just like guys that really work hard, like Gabe Osaboyan, who will take charges and dive dive on the floor for loose balls, and Miles McBride, who really just you know won't give you an inch on defense. And so it's really more about the half court defense than press Virginia. However, one of West Virginia's main flaws is that, you know, they're not the greatest shooting teams, uh, not one of the greatest shooting teams, and they rely a lot um, on offensive rebounds for offense. So they have one of the best front courts in the country, Derek Culver and uh, Oscar Shibway, who are great rebounders, and they get a lot of rebounds, but they don't, because they're a bad three-point shooting team, they rely on the offensive rebounding so much that, you know, it, it, it gets difficult when you're playing teams like Gonzaga or maybe in Iowa even, um, so I think this game's going to be interesting. Kansas started the season off not so well. They lost to Gonzaga. They barely got by Kentucky, who isn't good. Um, and now they've they played better. They just beat Texas Tech, who was number 14. They beat them by a point, but nevertheless, a win's a win. So Kansas seems to be getting better with you know some of their young players. J- Jalen Wilson has been really good for Kansas. They got uh, Oche Agbaji, who really has developed into a good player for Kansas. So it's going to be a great game. I think West Virginia will win, but you know West Virginia did show uh, some flaws again with like the the three point shooting in this latest game against Iowa State on Friday. So it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait for it. Yep. So it's going to be a great game. That Tuesday night we got a lot of great games, but you know we'll we'll get to the NBA stuff in a little bit um, as the NBA starts on Tuesday. Um, but let's move on over to college football. We have Clemson and Notre Dame. Um, really, really big game, of course. Notre Dame winning in their last match, but Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. But this time, they have Trevor Lawrence, and they win by a lot, 34-10. to 10. Um, So, Trevor, I'm going to throw this over to you. Give me some of your thoughts on this game. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Clemson's really, really great. Um, but what else do you got for us? Yeah, so it, it was funny because I, I kind of expected this to happen. I mean, I didn't totally – like, I – I was like, okay, when Notre Dame beat Clemson the first time, I was like, all right, so, you know, that that's something. We got to give them credit, even though I, you know, historically I think Notre Dame's been overrated. I don't like giving them a ton of credit, but they proved something to me when they beat Clemson, even without Trevor Lawrence. But mm-hmm. I knew Clemson would win this game, and I wasn't too surprised that it was a blowout. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, played pretty well. He did have the one interception, but overall he played well. Uh, Travis Etienne is just, he, he's a fantastic running back. You know, a couple breakaways um, for some long runs for touchdowns that he got. The one at the end of the first half. And, you know, Notre Dame did start off the game well. Like, they had some drives, um, but uh, it wasn't always, t- it wasn't turned into a touchdown all the time. You know, they, they just had, like, the one field goal in the first quarter when they put together some of these long drives and they stalled out. So 
they kind of missed their shot. They needed, you know, you have to get out to a good start against Clemson um, or else, you know, once they get their momentum, they can just, you know, put together a lot of good drives in a row. So I don't know. I'm not too surprised at this. Clemson's really good, and, and we're going to get to talk about talking about the cultural playoff, but I think it's really like, uh, you know, a two-team, like there's really two contenders for the championship, and, and Clemson, and those are Clemson and Alabama, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw over uh, the the other big game from last night, Alabama, Florida. Um, I know you caught at least a little bit of this game, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, I, I agree with you, Trevor. It's, it's kind of a two team race, but you know, Ben, let's let's see what you got to say about Florida, Alabama. Yeah, so I mean, going in, it was it was clear that Alabama was the better team, right? I mean, nobody could argue yeah. that Alabama was the better team in that game, mm-hmm. and I I thought Alabama was going to win by a decent amount. Maybe it's just because Florida came off a really bad loss last week to LSU, um, but it was a it was a phenomenal game. I mean, 52-46, to 46, that's not an SEC championship game score that you usually hear. Um, and I really think, and the reason I think Alabama is so good this year and why they're so scary and so dangerous is because their offense is amazing. And typically you don't think of that with an SEC team or really just an Alabama team in general. You don't think of a phenomenal offense. You think of a powerful defense with an offense that's good enough to get it done. And in the years past, that the trend is kind of it's kind of changing a little bit because they had two of her years and years um, where their offense was really good. And now they have Mac Jones, who is quietly becoming one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy, which I feel like nobody's talking about the Heisman Trophy this year really at all because it's kind of been so crazy. Everybody's played a different amount of games. But Mac Jones is, I mean, he's probably at least in the top three or four at this point for the Heisman Trophy. And I feel like he's not getting a whole lot of attention because, again, he's the quarterback for Alabama, which until Tua, really, you didn't think a whole lot about the quarterback for Alabama because it was all about their defense. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, they scored 52 points against a Florida team that's the top seven team in the country. So... It was a good game, and credit to Florida. Florida played really well, and I, 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 for over a year now, I've been really high on on Kyle Trask. I think he's awesome. I think he's really fun to watch. He's a cool dude, and he played well. Um, and like I said, Alabama is just the better team. And like Trevor said, I think it's pretty clear that Alabama and Clemson are the two best teams in the country this year. And I think their their seedings will reflect that when they're the one and the two seed in the, in the college football playoff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say about that game other than it was a really good game and. Uh, don't mess with Alabama because they're the real deal for sure. Yeah, he, I got I got two words for you, Ben. Najee Harris. Yes. The man is an animal. I think he should win the Heisman Trophy. I don't know if, even if he's he's in the discussion. I'd imagine he is. He just had five touchdowns this past game, over 200 total yards. Um, and for me, that's who would you well, know, take. And the let's not forget there. about Devonta Smith either. I mean, he's probably the best receiver in college football this year. So Alabama's offense yeah. is just they're just loaded. They they got a lot of talent there. So. Let's talk about our final four teams. So, Trevor, where do you think those four teams could be ranked? I, I know everyone's going to probably know by the time um, that you guys are listening to this because they, they come out, like, at noon on Sunday, right? Isn't that when, when they come out? They, they come out any, any minute now as we're recording this. Okay. It's currently uh, 12-16, so we'll, we'll see if we get an update okay. while we're uh, doing this podcast. But I guess just overall, here, I'll say what um, – I think it's going to be, and I'll also say what I think it should be. So what I think it will be, and I think it seems like it's pretty wide, widely agreed on, is that it'll be Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, and Notre Dame 4. That's what I think it will be. Now, if you, if you look at the resumes and you go into it, Alabama, obviously they have to be number one. They're undefeated. They're, what, 11-0. They just beat a good Florida team, who, by the way, like, Florida played really well. Um, And I think, like, we saw maybe for the first time this season, honestly, like, um, 
that Alabama does have some flaws on defense, which is, you know, kind of interesting. And, yeah, Kyle Trask is awesome um, as a quarterback. I get it. But, like, if we're foreshadowing, like, the Alabama-Clemson game, that gives me a little bit of hesitation uh, to say that Alabama is going to win the championship. Now, you know, Clemson would be number two. They just beat Notre Dame by 24 points. I think they should be number two. I think that's deserved. I think they should be ranked ahead of Ohio State. Because when they did lose to Notre Dame the first time, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. And it's 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 so weird. Like, do you say, like, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence isn't there, so we're not really going to count that as much? Or are we just going to, like, like throw it in there and, and, like, kind of evaluate the team without Trevor Lawrence together sometime, somehow with the team with Trevor Lawrence? It's really tough. But I think regardless, um, they also just beat Notre Dame, who... I think regardless, like even I test, however you want to phrase it, I test resume. Notre Dame is one of the best, like six or seven teams at least. So it's a really good win, and it's better than any win that Ohio State has. And Ohio State also has played six games, so I think it's a better resume than Ohio State. Ohio State, um, I do also think should be number three. Now this is where it gets really difficult because I think Alabama, Clemson, one and two. Yeah, everyone would probably agree. I do think Ohio State should be three. They are undefeated. If you look at like. Okay, who have they played? They played an Indiana team, who's really good. Um, they beat them by a touchdown. They were up, you know, for most of the game. Indiana kind of came a, made a run at the end, but nevertheless, really good win, I think, there for Ohio State. You look at a team like Notre Dame, and you compare, like, their best win with Ohio State's. It's like, okay, so Notre Dame beat a Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. Ohio State beat, beat Indiana. Which one of those is better? I would probably say Clemson. But then you have, they also just got destroyed by Clemson. And then you can say, like, would Ohio State have lost to Clemson by 24 points? I don't think so, but, I, you know, I don't know. It's tough. So I lean Ohio State is number three. I think it's close, but I would do that. Now, number four, I, I also think it's Notre Dame. So I, I agree straightforward with what I think it will be. I think Notre Dame is four. I think A&M has an argument. But if you look head-to-head between Notre Dame and A&M, you look at their best mm-hmm. wins. It's like, all right, Notre Dame. They beat Clemson without Lawrence again. Texas A&M's Florida. Those are also close. I think I still think Clemson without Lawrence is still better than Florida. It's close, though. Um, and then you look at some of their other wins. You can look at how many wins they have above 500. I think Notre Dame has, like, one more than, than A&M does. Uh, you look at their worst loss. It's pretty similar. Uh, you know, A&M lost to Alabama in a blowout. Notre Dame lost to Clemson in a blowout. But I think Notre Dame edges out A&M at the end of the day. So it's kind of the one thing I want to add on, and Ben, I'll throw it to you after this, uh, is that I really hope Ohio State is three. I think it'll be the same order that you said, but I don't want them to be four because I don't want to see Notre Dame and Clemson play for a third time. It's just going to be another demolishing by Trevor Lawrence. I just don't want to see that. So I'm hoping Ohio State does get three in terms of entertainment purposes, and I actually do believe that they deserve to be three over Notre Dame at this point in time. Uh, ben, any any more comments on the college football playoff before we go to small talk trivia? So what I'll say is I agree with Trevor. I, I, I agree with those four teams. I think most people would say those are the, the four teams that are probably going to make it. I agree with, with his seedings. I think it'll be Alabama, then Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame at four. Um, but looking at – I'd really say there's really only three teams that you could somewhat have an argument for that deserve to be in the conversation other than those four, and that would be, what, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, and maybe Oklahoma. But of those three teams – Oklahoma, no. I mean, sorry, you lost two games. You beat Iowa State, who I don't even think is that good in the Big 12 championship game. You're not making it. Cincinnati, I, I've said my I've said my piece about Cincinnati. I, I like Cincinnati, but I'm trying to be as objective as possible. They're just not one of the four best teams in the country. All right, they 
they they haven't they haven't lost. I get it. They deserve to be in the conversation, but I don't think they deserve to be in the playoff. And then Texas A&M, I think, is really the only team of that group of the outside group that you that could have an argument for making it. And I think, like Trevor said, it'd have to probably be over Notre Dame. But um, looking at this tweet, I'm looking at it says that Notre Dame has not only a better better resume, they have a better strength of record, but they also have a better team according to ESPN Football Power Index. Um, and I, I think that's fair, right? I think Notre Dame is probably the better team between those two teams. So um, I think really the only drama here, and I, I always love this. I always love the selection show or whatever for this because usually there's drama. Usually, very rarely I'd say that there's four teams that you know exactly that are going to make it. There's always a, one or two teams that you think might have a chance. And I think that's the case here. But I think Texas A&M is really the only team that you can even make an argument for. And I still just – I don't think that they're going to edge out Notre Dame because I don't – there's no way the selection committee is going to put Texas A&M – in over anybody other than Notre Dame, and I just I have a hard time seeing that they're going to drop Notre Dame out for losing. I get it; they lost by thirty or whatever to um, mm-hmm. Clemson, but that's really their only bad game they've played all year. I mean they've they've played a they've played a really good season. I mean they're a good team. I think they deserve to be in the top four. So again, I agree with everything you guys said. I think it's going to be those four teams, and I'll be pretty surprised if it's not. Yeah, I, I want to say one last quick thing. Um, I, yeah. I, I also, because we were talking about this before, I also think this year in particular would be better with the BCS system because mm-hmm. we, I mean, I think we kind of know it's going to be Alabama and Clemson. I mean, maybe Ohio State can get an upset against Clemson. It's possible. I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. Um, but I would rather see matchups like Texas A&M versus Notre Dame or like Ohio State versus Notre Dame. I would much rather see those matchups than have Notre Dame versus Alabama, which I think is going to be like a 30-point win for Alabama. You know, so that, that's, that's Yeah, just the one quick thing I wanted to say is about Cincinnati. I Every year we talk about this, and I think people discuss this, I want the four best teams in the college football playoff. If we're talking about the four most deserving teams, I think Cincinnati has a really, really good argument. They are deserving, I think, of being there. But would, is Cincinnati one of the four best teams? Probably not. And it's unfortunate that it's this way. There should be an eight-team playoff. There should be an at-large bid. Those U- UCFs and Cincinnati's and, you know, whoever else deserve to be in. Um, but, you know, it's a matter of the best four teams at this point. But let's get over to small talk trivia. Trevor, what is the, the current record situation? Yeah, you know, I'm in a I'm in a drought. I haven't gotten one right in a while, so it's still thirty eight to thirty three. I, I really need to get it together. So uh, you know, hopefully you get this question today. Of course this question is from Ben, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. Um so here's the question for today for you, Trevor. Who has the longest streak in the NFL with at least one touchdown pass in a game? Okay. So what quarterback? Which quarterback has the longest streak in the NFL um, with a touchdown pass in a game? So this doesn't necessarily have to be an active streak, obviously. It's just a streak. You know, how many games? Correct. The most consecutive games uh, with a touchdown pass. Okay. So it, it's it's definitely going to be like a, like a, you know, a modern era quarterback or like a quarterback of our generation. It's it's definitely going to. I, I don't see how it okay. wouldn't be. So that, that narrows it down. You know, to guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, like those are like the four best answers, I think. Like Mahomes hasn't, okay. I mean, Mahomes hasn't been in the league a long time, so it could be him, but I think it's unlikely that it's Mahomes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably Brees, Manning, Brady, or Rodgers. Those are all good answers. So most consecutive okay. games with a touchdown Wait, uh, like a touchdown pass or just a touchdown in general? Do you 
A touchdown pass. At okay. least one touchdown pass, so a throwing touchdown. Okay, at least one touchdown pass in a game. Longest streak. Okay. Um. So I I don't think it's Tom Brady. I don't think. Okay. Um. Just because. I think like last season, I think there could have totally been a game where he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Um. He 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 only had like twenty seven or so touchdown passes or twenty five, something like that. Their you know their passing tack wasn't as good last year for the, with the Patriots. I don't think it's Tom Brady. I don't know. I guess that's just kind of an instinct. Breeze, definitely. I mean, he throws a ton of touchdown passes. He also just has a ton of passing yards. Um, Rodgers as well. And then obviously Manning, we, we know, could be a good option. Um, and I think I think it's between Breeze and Brady for the touchdown record. Um, you know, they go back and forth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. go... It's, it's honestly between... For me, I'm between Breeze and... Rodgers, I think. I think it's one of those. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm kind of split. Like I'm I'm not sure at all really which one it is, but I think it's probably one of them. So I'm gonna go with my gut here. Okay. Um. Most consecutive touchdown passes. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm gonna say it's. I don't know. I'm. I don't wanna be wrong. I'm gonna say it's uh. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. Final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. All right, Trevor. Well, you are incorrect. Okay. Uh, it was Drew Brees, oh. 54 straight games of throwing this. at least one touchdown I pass. This. I hate this. <laughs> so you were close, but no cigar there. Not, um, not quite there. This, this so what is your question for me today, Trevor? Okay. I'm trying to get a bigger lead. Well, that sucks. All right. Okay, so the NBA season is starting Tuesday, um, and then we uh, mm-hmm. we have our Christmas Day games coming up on Friday. And I I love the Christmas Day basketball games; they're, they're they've been so good. I I just always love them. Yeah. So my question is, who is the NBA player who holds the record for the most wins on Christmas Day? Okay, most wins on Christmas Day. So it, I mean, it has to be. Someone who's played a while. I mean, wouldn't you think that it'd have to be someone who's played like a, a good amount of time? Uh, I mean, I I'd have to say like Kobe or LeBron would be up there just for the, the amount of years they've played. Um, I this is a tough one. I, here's the thing. I don't want it to be LeBron, and then I don't get it. But I, I have this inkling that it's it's Kobe Bryant. So I, I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm going to say Kobe Bryant as my final answer. Okay. Um. So it, it's not Kobe Bryant. Um. The, is it is the, it LeBron? No. No, it's not LeBron. Is it now LeBron, Dwayne Wade? Yes, yes. So oh. it's Dwayne Wade. LeBron actually could have tied it last year. Um, and because it was talked about last year, but then the Clippers beat them, so he could tie it now this year. Um, so Dwayne Wade holds the record; Actually. he has ten wins on Christmas Day, and LeBron has nine wins on Christmas Day. So yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, let's uh, go into our next segment after we have both missed our questions for today, which is randomly ranked. This is where we take a completely random topic and rank it. It's pretty self-explanatory. Obviously, this upcoming week we have a pretty major holiday. We have Christmas. 
So, you know, early Merry Christmas to all my people that celebrate it. So we wanted to do best Christmas movies today. Now, I personally am not, uh, I don't celebrate Christmas. Um, so I haven't seen like an enormous amount of Christmas movies. Not that I couldn't because I don't celebrate Christmas, but I've only seen a, I've seen a good amount, but not like too, too many. But I think there's a clear number one. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. So Trevor, let's start off with you. What is your top three favorite Christmas movies? Yeah, so I have a clear, pretty clear number one. Um, but it was, it was very difficult to figure out, you know, two and three and there's so many good ones, but I just kind of went with my gut. Number three, uh, I went with a Christmas, a Christmas story. Now, as I was saying before the podcast, I almost have like fatigue with a a Christmas story because it always plays like it has a marathon on Christmas every, every year and just plays over and over again. So when I, I'm like going over to like wherever like an, an aunt or an uncle's house some family member or whatever it's like always yeah. on and i just like i'm to the point where i feel like i don't like it quite as much anymore but it's a really great movie um it's just so solid and it's a classic number two yeah. i went with elf now you'll you'll probably be happy that i did put it at number two i, I couldn't put it at number one but i put it at number two so El- elf's really good it's funny obviously will ferrell i mean he's great he has so many great movies it's just such a great movie, um, and it's very rewatchable. And I, I do not have fatigue for Elf, and I feel like I watch Elf, um, you know, a pretty good amount of times. So I put it ahead of Christmas Story because I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Number one, I got to go with uh, pretty clearly the best in my opinion. That's Home Alone. Um, I actually had the privilege of visiting the Home Alone house last week, last Sunday, which was pretty a pretty awesome experience. Uh, took some pictures of the house. It's really cool. It's only about 45 minutes away from my apartment uh, north of Chicago. So Home Alone's my number one. Um, so that's that's a solid top three. I'm actually going to quickly butt in. We have gotten the college football playoff. It is the exact rankings we thought. Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, Notre Dame 4. Uh, so just for you know your awesome. guys' reference here. Um, I will go next on my top three. So again, I have not seen an enormous amount of Christmas movies. So like a Christmas story I have not seen. Um, so I did not put that in my top three. My number three, though, is a classic. It's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I feel like we everyone has seen that movie. It's just like a nice little children's movie, and I really like it a lot. Number two, I got to go with Home Alone. Uh, just the story as a whole is very entertaining. I like the fact that the kid made all these little traps, and it's just a good movie. And number one by a mile is Elf. Elf is so funny. Will Ferrell is great in that movie. Uh, and I, I still to this day will watch it and, and laugh my butt off. I love the movie. Um, so that had to take the cake at number one, and you should be ashamed you didn't put Elf at number one. Ben, what is your top three favorite Christmas movies? So there's a lot of good ones. This this is tough, and I I haven't seen I've seen a good amount, but I haven't seen a lot of like the classic ones um, from you know years and years and years ago. So yeah. my mine are very obviously mine are more recent, um, and I think I actually have a point I'm going to make about that coming up. But I'll go I'll start here. My number three is Home Alone. Um, I, mean, I know Trevor loves it. We all love Home Alone. It's a great movie. Um, I mean, it's written by John Hughes, who's a legendary writer and director. Great movie. Love the hijinks. Um, Macaulay Culkin's really good in it. It's just, it's a really good movie. I, I'd be shocked if somebody doesn't like it. It's just, it's a fun, silly movie to watch. My number one and my number two are interesting, and I think that the preference here goes to how old you are, okay? And I'll say this. My number two is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, okay? Great movie. You can't hate it. It's so funny. Um, it's a classic, right? Everybody knows there's references to it all the time. Everybody knows it. Whether you've seen it or not, you've heard references from that movie. And I think if you're older, like for instance, 
my parents, if I told them that that's not my number one, they'd probably be offended and they'd probably be super upset with me because <laughs> it was late 80s. I mean, they grew up watching that movie. Okay, but I had to put it at number two because I agree with Brandon. My number one is Elf. And I think people um, in the younger generations, people around our age, we grew up watching that movie. So that's that's our favorite movie. Um, and I think they're both really good. But I, like I said, again, I just have to kind of give the edge to Elf because um, it's more recent. It's Will Ferrell. It's so funny. Just like National Lampoon's, it's got so many great lines in it that, that you quote all the time and you don't even know you're quoting it. Um, you, you really just can't beat it. It's one of those movies where I could watch it at any time like if it's on tv i will watch it at least for a good 15 20 minutes just because i don't care what part of the movie it is it's just so funny there's there's constantly um good scenes in the movie you really just can't beat it it's, a, it's such a phenomenal movie and i think will ferrell did an awesome job in it all right so some of us have good choices some of us don't have as good a choice it's not going to name any names but let's move on to our uh, more main topics for today. As you guys could probably tell, we did not have a small talk per se. Um, but let's get to the NFL. We had an amazing Monday night game between my Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens won 47-42 in Cleveland. Um, and it, it, the Browns are like such an anomaly to me. I can't tell if they're really, really good or really, really bad. Like I, I genuinely think it's hard to tell. I, I'm leaning more towards them being a good football team for sure. But I think collectively the AFC North, their records do not show actually how good their teams are. I think they're much worse than their records, collectively, including the Ravens. Um, but, uh, Trevor, let's throw this over to you. What were, some, what were some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so this was a, a very fun game. Um, I didn't, it was I didn't expect it to be this high scoring, but uh, that, that's how it turned out. It was, it was really interesting. And these are, you know, I think t- these two teams both have, like, the same glaring flaw, and that's that if they get down early – they'd have a really tough time coming back from it um, because their passing games aren't that great. I think, um, you know, we, we've just seen this with both teams. Um, they both have good running games. Uh, the Browns have two awesome running backs, and then the Ravens also have a good running game with Lamar and, you know, J.K. Dobbins and, and you know, some other guys. So they both have good running games. Um and the Browns in particular, I think the Ravens are, are this way at least a little bit, not not nearly as much as the Browns, is that they can't stop the run. The Browns just really just have trouble stopping the run. We saw this, you know, earlier um, in the season. I mean, we saw this with the Titans when they tried to make a comeback uh, last week. You know, when Derrick Henry got going, even though they had, like, that big lead, so they, they held on. But, you know, the Titans made a run and it almost came back because the Browns just have so much trouble stopping the run. So... You know, both these teams have their flaws, and that's why neither of them are Super Bowl contenders. Neither of them really are going to, you know, I, I don't know if either of them will make it past Wild Card Weekend. Um, you know, so, but this was a fun game. You know, it was a fun game. It was good to see them play. Obviously, they're big rivals. We know that. And Baker, I think Baker's so weird because he'll do a couple things where he'll make you think he's good. And then it's like, as soon as he gets your hopes up, he throws like a horrible interception or something. And that, and that happened because when I was watching this game, there was at one point where the the Ravens like took a two score lead and it looked like, okay, maybe the Ravens are going to run away with it now. I think that was early third quarter. And then the Browns put together a really good drive. And on that drive, I was waiting for the Baker pick. And then he had the pick the next drive. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's Baker. There, there he is. So it's fun watching these teams. They both have their flaws, but they also are both – they're both fun to watch. So, you know, that, I think that's good. The, there's one other thing, and then, Ben, I'll, I'll let you discuss a little bit about the game if you'd like. 
is that the the Browns came back in the fourth quarter, and I I don't think it would have been quite as much of a comeback if Lamar was in. And let me explain. I'm not like saying that the offense wasn't good. I think the offense very easily could have went down and scored. I think a bigger factor would have been that Lamar would have killed more of the clock than Trace McSorley could have for the drive and a half that McSorley was on. And that was kind of a mess. They, were, they, they had to throw the ball more because they can't really run with McSorley like they can with Lamar. If Lamar is in, they run more of the clock out, and the Browns most likely do not get to finish that second drive where they score, in my opinion. So even though you know all the everything that happened, I think the Browns played a pretty good game. In fact, great game. Um, I don't think Baker looked amazing. But he definitely looked better than like his normal self. I think he he was slightly above average to what he normally does. But like I've seen so many Browns fans just say that like Baker was this amazing quarterback in this game. I mean the, the dude threw the ball fifty times and completed twenty eight or twenty eight passes. It's not like he was this amazing you know completion god out there. You know, in, in with the Ravens cornerback so hurt. I mean this upcoming game they just said two of their three best corners are out and they're not playing, and that's because of injuries in this game. So I don't know. I I, I think he played better than he normally does, just not nearly as good as Browns fans have been making it out to be. Ben, any last thoughts of this game before we head over to a different NFL game coming up this week? Yeah, so this was by far probably my favorite NFL game I've watched this year. It was such a good game. Yeah, 100%. And I, like I said last week, I, I hate both these teams, but it was still fun for me. I mean, it was such a good game. It was back and forth. And I actually, I said this, I texted this to you guys during the game. I said, I hate to say it, but the Browns are actually pretty good. And, yeah. and that kills me. And I've been, I've been, I don't, I didn't want to admit it for so long that the Browns aren't a good team. But I mean, they, they're, they're, they're beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating. They're in these games with, with the Ravens, who are supposed to be better than them this year. Um, obviously, before all these injuries and stuff. But they're a good team. They are a good team. I mean, they, they might win 10, 11 games this year, which I don't care how easy your schedule is. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, and obviously, they have two super easy games coming up well the Giants and then the Jets so they're gonna win at least one of those games then the Steelers week 17 but the Steelers might be resting players who knows so they have a chance to win maybe 12 games this year that's that's super impressive um and I I, I was it's really the first game I watched from start to finish that the Browns like really watched it I've, I've watched some of their games but I've been flipping back and forth this is the first game I really got to watch an entire game from start to finish and it, they're fun to watch. They're a fun team to watch. They are. As much as I hate Baker Mayfield, he's a fun player to watch. Um, just the way he plays. He plays with a lot of energy. Um, I, I, I kind of wish Odell was still playing. I, as much as I hate the Browns, I would have loved to see Odell in that game just to see what he could do. Um, but it, it was such a good game. I I, I don't know. I, I, I was like at a loss for words watching the game because every, like, it was such a the storyline was so interesting because you had the whole Lamar was out and then all of a sudden he comes in on fourth down and throws a touchdown pass after being in the locker room doing who knows what for like 20 30 minutes it was just yeah. it was su- such an awesome game i i was I, w- I had so much fun watching it even though i don't like either team obviously i was happy that the, that the ravens won just cuz i really didn't want to see the browns win that game but i i still came out and i think if you're a browns fan which i'm sure there's plenty of browns fans listening right now even though the browns lost that game i think you have to be extremely happy with the way that game was played because the browns didn't i mean they this is not a typical browns team typically a browns team you fall apart um, and I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you know, you, I don't have to explain to you what the Browns usually do, but this, this team is different. This is not a typical Browns team. This team is different. Um, and we've seen that all year. And I, I think we're going to continue to see that. I'm excited to watch them in the playoffs because that's when they're going to get a chance to play a really, really, really good team. And I'm excited to see how they do in a matchup like that. Because like I said, they yeah. haven't played a whole lot of great teams this year. So I'm very excited to see what they can do against a team that is at least as talented as them, if not more talented than they are. 
Yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch them get killed in the playoffs. I can't wait for it to happen. Um, but Trevor, let's let's go over one more game. I'm going to throw it to you, and then we'll head over to uh, the NBA. Um, Chiefs Saints, 425 today. Who do you have as the winner of this game? Yeah, so this is this is now the game of this week, in, in, in my opinion, um, for the NFL. Chiefs and Saints, this is a game that, you know, I think most NFL fans, just regardless of who you're a fan of, you've been looking forward to this game because – um, you know, the Chiefs are, you know, probably, I mean, they are the best team in the AFC, but also probably the best team in the NFL. And the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFC. And yes, like, yeah, they had a Drew Brees in, in a while. So they haven't played as well, obviously. You know, they haven't looked quite as good. They've been inconsistent. But they have shown their flashes of being really good. When they played uh, the Bucks. they looked unstoppable. And I think they have... I think they're a very well-rounded team when they have Breeze and they're fully healthy. So this could mm-hmm. be a good game. I, I, you know, I'm hoping it's a good game, but also like with Drew Breeze, you know, just now kind of returning um, per se, uh, he is starting against Casey. So we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping that he's 100% healthy. I don't want, I don't want any player to be hurt. I want everyone, every team to be fully healthy because I'm going to see, you know, the best teams play each other at full health, obviously. So I'm hoping that Breeze, you know, can come back um, and be fully healthy. I, I don't know if he'll be quite himself yet. I, you know, maybe you got he's got to ease his way back into it. And I don't know, maybe they'll play a little more conservatively, run the ball a lot more. We'll see. Um, but regardless, I, I think the Chiefs win. They've just been, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders like the Chiefs do. Yeah, the Dolphins gave them a little scare, but I don't really think it matters. It's just like it's hard to put together a complete game uh, for any team to beat the chiefs so mm-hmm. you know even if the saints are close even if the chiefs like you know kind of mess around because the chiefs really like the only time they they lose or are close to losing is if they like self-sabotage it's not because they're getting outplayed usually it's usually because yeah. they do something stupid or mahomes maybe makes one dumb play that rarely happens or you know whatever the case may be or they get unlucky so Usually they only lose when they like self sabotage. So I think Chiefs are going to win, but I'm hoping for a good game. Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. So let's let's move over to the NBA, our final topic for today. And Trevor, we're going to start with you. Um, let's do a little bit of a, a season preview. You know, any teams you really like, any teams you think are overrated. Um, you know, let's let's hear some of your thoughts on this upcoming NBA season that starts in two days. Yeah, so there, there's so much to talk about. We we don't have we have a limited amount of time because you know we want to watch yeah, football not a lot of and time. stuff. So I'm I'm gonna try to go through some of the things that stand out quickly. Um, you know, we have obviously the Lakers. We know we've talked about they've gotten even better. They've added Harold. They've added Dennis Schroeder. Um, obviously, we know LeBron and Anthony Davis. Another year of them playing together. Maybe even the chemistry gets even better. So they're the clear favorite. They should be the clear favorite. I think they're gonna win it all. I do. Last year. I, I thought they would have like a you know a tough year like getting with the chemistry and you know they win it win the championship but they won it and now um, I think they're they're even better so I think they're the front runner they should be um, you know we got a 72 game season so shortened season will be interesting it'll be interesting to see how many teams rest their players earlier like the Lakers like you know the Clippers some of these teams that that went for the Heat you know. That'll be interesting to see, but I'm excited for the NBA season. It's come back so quick. Um, just some other teams that I think are going to be interesting to watch. 
Um, for me personally, the Washington Wizards, because they have Russell Westbrook, and I just love watching Russell Westbrook. So whether they are, you know, the ninth best team in the East and they miss the playoffs by winning 33 games, or they get the sixth seed because Russell Westbrook's, you know, averages like 28, 10, and 10, and they win like 42 games, um, regardless. I'm going to be excited to watch the Wizards. Um, obviously, we all are excited to watch the Brooklyn Nets. I think they're going to be very good, as a lot of people have talked about their defense uh, might have some issues. They don't have very, they don't have a lot of good defenders. Kevin Durant's probably their best defender. Um, but Kyrie, not a good defender. Dinwiddie, not a good defender. Karis LeVert, not a good de- defender. So it's really like Kevin Durant. And then you have Jared Allen, who's like a, he's a decent run protector. Um but yeah, I think the Nets will be good. They'll be fun. But I don't think they can win the title this year. Um, and I'm not sure if... It, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough with the chemistry, as we know, with Kyrie. Some of these past seasons with Celtics subtly throwing his teammates under the bus. That'll be interesting. One last takeaway um, is really just like the James Harden saga. It's when is he going to leave the Rockets? Is he going to leave the Rockets? Um, where is he going to go? I think that's the last big thing. Um he could go to Philly, he could go to Brooklyn, he could stay there. So th- that's the last big takeaway that I wanted to talk about for this podcast. But there's so many other things I'm interested in in this season. It's going to be fun to watch the new rookies. LaMelo, excited to watch him, Anthony Edwards. Um, and, and yeah, I think it'll be a great season. So I have one big thing I want to talk about, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. I do not think they will be as good as people say they're going to be, at least this year. KD and Kyrie look like already they're going to kill each other. I mean, already. That Instagram Live where Kyrie was saying that he wanted to take all those posts, those post ops, he's like, oh, I'll take like uh, 10 to 12 a game or whatever it was. And KD's like, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Probably not. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll do like 8 to 12. And KD's like, uh, no, 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 big dog. You're not doing that. So I, I think these dudes are going to kill each other by game 10. Um, I, I just think but Kyrie's ego is the size of, uh, of you know, the, the, the galaxy and I mean Katie's too good for someone like this uh my buddy Greg did say one thing that I think could help them a lot is that KD does not need the ball in his hands to be amazing he can still be a good spot-up shooter he can do other things um Kyrie needs the ball in his hands so I think that if they are able to work with that aspect of the game those two are going to work really really well together it's a question of can that actually happen in my opinion I don't think it'll be able to Ben, any last thoughts before we wrap up the episode for today? Honestly, shout out Greg. That's a great point that Greg made because I, com- yeah, I completely great, great I completely withdrew everything he just said there. KD does not need the ball in his hands to be a great player. And you're right, Ky- Kyrie kind of does need the ball in his hands to be a good player. Um, I- I'm super excited for this season. And I- I've never been a huge NBA fan. I'll watch the NBA. I like the NBA. I've always been more of a college basketball fan. Um, but this is one of the more exciting seasons. Like the mo- One of the most excited I've been for a season. Uh, coming up I, I don't know just because it's there's a lot of uncertainty we don't really know how this season's going to look out no fans in the stands um it's going to be different but I'm super excited I think there's a lot of really good storylines I mean Trevor already talked about James Harden like the season starts in two days and James Harden has still actively said that he wants no part of the team that he's on which <laughs> I, I think that's hilarious I think it's super interesting I've never been a huge huge James Harden fan anyway but I still think it's it's such a funny story considering that I'm not rooting for the team that it's happening to because, I mean, literally, like, they play a game in, like, two, three days, and he's like, yeah, I hate all of you. I don't want any part of you. <laughs> like, trade me. I dare yeah. you. 
but I mean, it's super interesting. It's a super interesting story. Obviously, the Suns are look a little different this year. That's an interesting story there. We, we talked about the Nets um, a bunch. No need to go there. The Warriors, they're super interesting. How are they going to look this year? Obviously, no clay, but Steph is back, who I love. I love watching Steph Curry. I think he's super fun to watch. Um, they have James Wiseman now. Even I saw, um, did you guys see that? I saw that that pass that LaMelo had yes in the game yesterday, that, that uh, yeah. bounce pass that he had. That was mm-hmm. phenomenal. I'm excited to watch LaMelo ball. Um, obviously, my boy Obi Toppin, I'm excited to watch him. So there's a lot of a lot of reasons to want to watch this NBA season. So even if you're yeah. if you're a casual fan of the NBA, I highly encourage to watch as much as you can because I do think it's going to be a super interesting. 100. percent Wait, so you're gonna watch the 100%. you're gonna watch the Knicks, Ben? Uh, Ooh, Trevor, ben? I've watched like one and a half Knicks preseason games this year, and that's more oh, preseason bas- that's more preseason basketball than I've ever watched in my entire Obi life. Toppin. So yeah, you're I guess gonna... I'm a Knicks. I guess I'm a Knicks fan now. You're gonna have to give us like a Knicks update every now and then. Yeah, we'll have a whole corner on I the know, podcast. I, it's gonna be Ben's <laughs> Knicks corner. I can tell you, it probably won't go well though, because they don't look uh, they don't look too hot. No, 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 they don't. But I think we'll wrap up the episode for there today. Thank you all so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave that five-star review if you did like it. Uh, follow us on Twitter. The link is in the description. Uh, it's at the small baller. Uh, that's where you'll know when all of our podcast episodes come out. Uh, the 12th World Podcast is not coming out with an episode this coming week, but they just released a really long one. Go check that one out. They have a lot of great soccer takes with Will and Josh. Um, so for sure, go check that one out. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!